Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by my sponsors, Liquidware, the innovator in adaptive workspace management solutions, and also by PolicyPack Software, where you use Group Policy or MDM to remove admin rights, manage and lock down applications, Java, browsers, and mitigate ransomware, plus more. And also by Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros be proactive and anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. If you enjoy the show each week, you've them to thank. And now for some news. Another Patch Tuesday is upon us, and this time Microsoft has released fixes for 83 vulnerabilities, with 10 classified as critical and 73 as important. Perhaps the most notable vulnerability is listed as CVE-2021-1647, which is a zero-day Microsoft Defender remote code execution vulnerability. This is a zero-day vulnerability and it's fixed in Microsoft Malware Protection Engine version 1.1.1770.4 or later. And this one is currently being exploited in the wild, so it is imperative that you patch immediately if you're using that Microsoft security product. BleepyComputer.com reports that this month, Microsoft also patched a publicly disclosed Microsoft SPL WoW 64 elevation of privilege vulnerability, which is tracked as CVE-2021-1648. And as is the case every month, other vendors have also released their updates including Adobe, who have released numerous fixes for Photoshop, Illustrator, Animate, and more. Android's January security updates were released. Apple have released iOS 12.5.1. Cisco have released security updates for Cisco Adaptive Security Appliance Software and Cisco Firepower Threat Defense Software. SAP have released software for their January 2021 security updates and more. So test, 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 and patch, patch, patch. LeapyComputer.com have also reported on a very worrying unpatched NTFS vulnerability which can corrupt your drive and does not require admin access to execute. It appears credit is due to InfoSec researcher Jonas L and also toward BleepyComputer.com themselves for sharing their testing results. The researcher told Bleepy Computer that the flaw became exploitable starting around Windows 10 build 1803 and continues to work in the latest version too. So this has been there for quite some time. The article shares a command and after running the command in the Windows 10 command prompt, you get an error saying the file or directory is corrupted and unreadable. Windows 10 will then immediately begin displaying notifications prompting you to restart your PC and repair the corrupted disk volume. Then on reboot, the Windows check disk utility runs and starts to repair the hard drive. So obviously having a simple command that does not need to be run as an administrator to at least make the system believe that the storage or the drive has been corrupted is not good. So hopefully Microsoft will be addressing this in the near future. 
VMware CEO Pat Gesslinger has confirmed reports that he is to step down from the company in order to take the recently vacated CEO position at Intel. He would be starting his new role in February. CNBC.com reports that an investment hedge fund raised concerns about current Intel CEO Bob Swan back in December due to loss of market share to numerous competitors and urged the board to look at strategic alternatives. To his credit, Mr. Swan is graciously stepping aside and is being given credit for the manner in which he is choosing to depart. Gesslinger returns to Intel. He previously became Intel's first CTO, so he has a significant history with the chipmaker. With the drama and trauma from Spectre and Meltdown, Apple's move to the M1 chip, and other competitors taking a big bite out of a once dominant player's Apple, it seems a huge challenge to get the shift back on course, but also seems they've got a good person to try to do just that at the helm with Pat Gesslinger. And because it's that time of year, new year, new me and all that, Microsoft VP Brad Anderson shared on LinkedIn that he is set to leave his role at Microsoft to join Qualtrics. In this post, he shares that the switch will allow him to move back to his hometown in Utah. He had 17 great years with Microsoft. As a customer and a community member, I've always enjoyed his speaking sessions and content. He was a great shot in the arm for Microsoft's 365 and endpoint management teams in recent years, in my opinion. So he will be missed at Microsoft and by us in the community, I feel. Hopefully he stays active in the community with his new role. 9to5Mac.com reported on a story this week of Reddit user NewHacker1746 taking an old busted iPhone 7, jailbreaking it, and successfully running Ubuntu on the device. He has shared instructions to recreate the steps taken, but frankly, it's not easy and obviously not really worth it, but it was interesting to see Ubuntu running on an iPhone nonetheless. It doesn't really have much implications for enterprise, but I wanted to throw the story in there regardless. ZDNet and many Ubiquitu customers have reported that the popular networking gear manufacturer sent an email to customers warning of a breach. Interestingly, I am a customer. I have actually wanted to become a customer for years, but I only just bought some of the devices a few months ago. But I have not received the reported email. ZDNet state that the intruder accessed servers that stored data on UI.com users such as names, email addresses, and salted and hashed passwords. But at the time of this recording, there was no sign of the data being used maliciously to gain access to customers' accounts. I'm wondering if they only contacted customers who have been customers for some time and more recent customers are not affected, but that information is not forthcoming at this time. If you are a customer, you should change your password. And if you haven't yet, now is a really good time to set up two-factor authentication. The NSA is urging companies to avoid using encrypted DNS, or the new DOE protocol, DNS over HTTPS, inside their own networks, or at least use a DOE-capable DNS resolver server that is hosted internally and under your control. They also recommend this for all DNS traffic inside the network, whether using DOE or not, 
but they explain that when encrypting DNS traffic within a corporate network, you are essentially creating a cloaking mechanism for malicious actors. Yes, you are encrypting your users' DNS traffic, which can be good, but you are also encrypting the same traffic for anyone who may gain access into your network, so follow their advice to ensure you aren't losing all visibility within your network. There's been an issue reported by multiple people in the community and blogged about by Marco on MeineKleinerFarm.net in which it's documented there's an issue with FSLogix 2009 where profiles won't log off completely. Marco states downgrading to version 2004 resolved the problem for him, while Frederick Anderson pointed out the issue only appears to occur if your group policy or GPP is set to replace instead of update. Essentially, your include-exclude groups that you've set within the policy get recreated during the group policy background refresh, which changes the SID, resulting in the issue. Great work by Marco and Frederick. Thanks so much for sharing that. And sticking with FSLogix, FSLogix 2009 Hotfix 01 has been released. It looks like that issue has not been resolved, at least going off of the description within the release notes in the what's new. What is new though is they've corrected an issue where OneDrive files could be lost or renamed when using Office Container with SharePoint. They're, they've corrected issues resulting in deadlocks with Cloud Cache and also addressed an issue where Cloud Cache could flush a block to Azure incorrectly, resulting in inefficient operation or possible profile corruptions. So not quite the group policy issue as it's described by Marco and Frederick, but hopefully that one's resolved too. But at least there's a workaround too. So maybe just switch your group policy to replace or roll back to 2004. Master Packager have teased that they are working on a soon to be released feature within the product that does a quick app compatibility test of your packages for MSIX. I'm looking forward to that. Just a quick heads up, this is not under the weekly webinar yet because it's quite some time away, but the VMUG Virtual EUC Day event will be held on February 11th, and I believe the keynote speaker is Brian Madden. Um, yours truly, I will be presenting a session around application delivery too, so I just wanted to get a plug out there nice and early, so... I'm helping promote the event that I'm taking part in. So I'll share a link with this episode, which is episode 159 on 5bytespodcast.com if you'd like to register. You'll find it under reference links. And now this episode, scripts, tricks, and tips. First up, there's a really great Twitter thread started by Kevin Marquette on what your PowerShell hidden gems are. He asks you to contribute things that you discovered that gave you the, oh, I had no idea feeling. So his example for, is using named regex matches and accessing them on the dollar matches variable, but there's a whole thread of people contributing some really cool hidden gems that they've discovered and they love in PowerShell. So if you're a PowerShell geek, check that out and I'll share a link with this episode. Oliver Hoff shared a pretty cool link to 2000.shodan.io. So it's this site that randomly goes through some devices found open on the internet via Shodan, and you can click in and get more details. 
And then there's this cool 80s style visual and you can turn on the music and just have it playing in the background. It's kind of cool, but also pretty dystopian future. <laughs> With a big buzz this week about WhatsApp and a change of policy regarding its usage requiring a Facebook account integration, people have started to flock to competing services like Signal and Telegram. Helga Klein shared a link to something called securemessagingapps.com that compares many different similar services with a feature by feature breakdown. So if you're a WhatsApp user and you're a little PO'd about the changes coming to WhatsApp, you can reference this to make an informed decision about maybe what else to move to. Sammy Leho put out a couple of short commands that he uses for removing Teams, Slack, and some other applications from automatically starting with Windows by using SysInternals auto runs. And he says if you'd like to do some analysis to maybe see the impact of some of these apps running on startup and also just improvements or gains that you can make, you can run commands power cfg slash energy slash duration five and power cfg slash srumutil. And I'll share a link again with this episode for these commands. Or if you're watching the YouTube edition of this episode, which is episode 159, you will see it on the screen. But also, if you ever want to watch the YouTube edition, I share a link with each episode on 5bytespodcast.com. There is a YouTube column and you can just click on the YouTube video. And hey, even if you don't want to consume the podcast by YouTube, I'd appreciate it if you could uh, like and subscribe and all that good stuff. I think if you get to a thousand subscribers you're able to do like live streaming events which would be kind of cool to do sneaky sec doggo on github provided a pretty cool security audit script so if you listened to the podcast for the last year and also listened to the year in review episode at the beginning of this year one of the scripts that i featured was an audit looking for some plain text passwords on domain controllers well if you combine that with this script you get a pretty good comprehensive audit and cleanup of your Active Directory domain controllers. So check out these scripts. Guy Leach had a pretty interesting one this week. He has a script and some examples of how you can launch Citrix Studio for multiple different Citrix sites, multiple different versions off the same machine. So that's kind of a limitation of Citrix Studio right now. Uh, You tend to be tied to just one site from your install but guy has a way around it so check that out the now famous malware tech shared a pretty interesting blog post on how he found his first ever zero day in rdp so it's pretty interesting at least to me where i'm not that well versed on the security side of things but i do have an interest to see how someone goes through the the thinking the logic and discovery of a zero day So you might be interested in that too, and I'll share that with this episode. And finally, on scorpiosoftware.net, there's a pretty interesting blog post on parent processes versus creator processes and, you know, what the differences are and just kind of gives a good background on Windows processes. So definitely worth a read. And that's it for another episode. I'd like to thank you all so much for listening.